The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And I have with me today in the studio, we're in Studio A, Domencio Barton. Domencio has been on my program a couple of times before. The last time we talked about the fact that he was a candidate for the school board and uh, did not he did not pass that uh, that first race the primary but he learned a lot and he, i love the mm-hmm. fact that he in talking with me uh, talked about the fact that you did exactly what god called you to do so first of all welcome back to the program hey thanks mike i really appreciate the opportunity to come back and chat with you well it's always fun to talk with people who are involved and you are involved. You're involved in the city. You're involved in the church. Oh, yes. You're involved in business. Mm-hmm. And as we just said, you were really making that stab of uh, uh, being involved civically mm-hmm. in the role of government. And that's that's uh, a lot of uh, people will not ever even want to darken the door to that. But you did. Yeah. I mean, what happens is this. We've been sold a plate of goods, just like it's, and it's some bad goods. We've been pretty much told politicians evil. Now, okay. If you have good people that do not enter politics, do not enter governance and bad people, I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it are the ones that go ahead and engage. Then you actually give yourself a self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. by not engaging. You cannot leave a vacuum in society. Something will fill it. And if good people of good intent do not fill those positions, it's only left to whoever comes. Yeah. And you know, we see a lot of reasons why people are leaving that, why they Mm -hmm. stay home and they don't even vote, which is nuts. Number Mm -hmm. one. Oh yes. Uh, And I go back to that Georgia special election in 2021, mm-hmm. uh, right after the 2020 election. And that really determined at that point in time what was going to be the majority in the uh, Senate. And, mm-hmm. and uh, people did not come out for that. And here, isn't it odd that once again, uh, <laughs> that's happening, it's coming down to a runoff, but this time uh, it's it's not going to really matter because they need to, the, the Republicans would need to, uh, get that that seat just to leave things as they are right now in the Senate. So it's yes. already proven. It's already done. Yeah. I mean, going back, just actually fighting to get 50 50. There is a number of ways that we can go on this conversation. And I, I must admit the disappointment that has come out of this election is tangible. It is amazing. The disappointment because everyone was like, Red wave, red wave, red wave. Maybe Um, even red tsunami. Yeah, even red tsunami. And so you're having this whole um, talk, and the whole language is based off of there is no way that the masses of people would vote to remain with five dollar gas and and inflation running out of running rampant and education, the attack on our children, the parents, the mamas. It looked like yeah, 70%, some of the things you're saying, was going to go Republican, and then we're here at pretty much a 50-50 split. Right. Now, after that, you come back with the whole concept of, oh, do we have fair and unbiased elections? And see, this. Uh, let's, let's pause there for a second, because yeah. we're told that they were, uh-huh. and yet there is so <laughs> many people with evidence and what's yes. so amazing to me is that the evidences that have come forward, we know, mm-hmm. for example, that Dinesh D'Souza mm-hmm. put out a, a documentary on the fact that the there were, the Mules documentary, mm-hmm. the fact that there were uh, tangible, using your word from earlier, tangible signs, irrefutable signs mm-hmm. of, of procedures that were done. If it wasn't out-and-out out election fraud, it was fraught. With yes. problems. Yes. And yes. and those problems, you know, did that equal 
uh, malicious intent? I don't know. I, I, that's something that I'm suspicious about, honestly. But it, it is odd. And I saw the most unusual uh, tweet from Kevin Sorbo, who is okay. a guy I love and respect. And right. he's okay. been on my program. His wife, Sam, has been on my program a number of times. He's obviously the actor from God's Not Dead. Mm-hmm. But he's also very involved in the whole uh, political uh, spectrum. Mm -hmm. And his wife is a pronounced homeschooler and Mm -hmm. really has strong feelings about the public education system that we see today. All that to say, he made a comment uh, through a tweet, and he said this, he said, isn't it funny how that the longer these recounts and these slow counts, because Mm -hmm. some of them aren't even recounts, it's the first count for crying out loud. Yes, it is. It used to be decided on election night, And now we are suddenly, as a culture, accepting the fact that for what are these reasons? They're unknown reasons. They're Mm -hmm. like, well, it's all going to be this whole thing about uh, pre-early voting and Uh mail-in voting and all that. Isn't it funny, he said, that every time you have a Republican that's ahead, as these slow counts are happening they get overtaken and a Democrat wins. Isn't that strange? That is a very strange thing. I know as I looked over like day after day, you know, going over to Fox and the, the, the election results and everything, and you're just seeing seats that you thought, okay, we got that. Mm, where ye, mm, uh, and then before you know it, hey, they got it, the Democrats. It's like, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah. But, you know, to your point, I'll just say this here. One of the biggest things that has hit me after this is election integrity. When I look at election integrity, I I made some false assumptions about our election system. I assumed Mm -hmm. that there were watchers. This is before all of this here was happening. I'm just talking about, well, not just poll watchers, but I mean, watchers, I, people to make sure that our elections were going to be fair and unbiased and that everything was Mm -hmm. going to be going on. And if something did go on, that there was a system in place to ensure that those who did wrong were brought to justice and those who were um, right were vindicated. The more that I learned, at least definitely in my own personal race, as you go up the ladder, there were really, there was really no, one entity that was in place to stop election fraud. We actually in the state of Florida will file, will file um, complaint forms with the Department of State and also through the General Counsel of the Department of State. And when you do that, they literally, just like um, this one that in Orange County came up with Cynthia, mm-hmm. um, when that came up, it was pushed over to the governor's office for him to send it to the, um, the new, um, what is that bureau that the new group that we have that, uh, um, the election integrity, mm-hmm. group, it was sent over to them. Now, the supervisor of elections, isn't the one that's going to make sure that someone did right. You go over to the department of state and then all they did was say, okay, yeah, it looks like this is wrong. This is important. So they send it over to the governor's office and then the governor says, okay, we need to check this out. And then he sent it over to another group who ultimately is responsible if something is found to be an error to make sure it's right. Um, I personally, in my own, in my own race, I came in second. Uh, the, uh, the incumbent blew me away. It's the, it's the truth. She did a very high number, but it was interesting on the Friday after that election. And how many people were running for your office? There were three people. Three. In, there were three people. I came uh-huh. in second, another gentleman third. And what happened was in our uh, election, the incumbent, she acknowledged on the Friday after the election that, now this is her words, not mine, that on the Monday, the day before the election, she had found out that her campaign had merged the, um, her Orange County Public School Board parental emails with her campaign emails. So they were direct mailing the school, the, um, oh, the parents yeah. with that, um, using the Orange County public school email list. Now I didn't have access to it. The other gentleman running didn't have access to it during the summer. When I had asked 
even about just generally mailing um, workers and stuff at the Orange County Public Schools, I was told in writing, no, that is against policy, yeah. even of the Orange County yeah. Public Schools. Now, this is the person seated in power. When she did that, she said that she sent a letter to the Code of Ethics concerning that. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And when she sent a letter to Code of Ethics concerning this whole issue, she said, I want to do what's right. And I want to I don't I, I don't believe this would have affected the elect the election, emailing the parents. Mm -hmm. But she said, but I want to do what's right. Well, Code of Ethics for the Department of Education does not handle that type of an issue. You know, you're talking about an unfair advantage now yes. that one candidate uh, is taking yes. And actually, in a real way, I mean, let's just call it for what it is, getting away with it. And that right there was the thing that I found out. The Department of Education wasn't the right group to hold her accountable. The Department of Elections, the Elections Department, they weren't the right group. We ended up finding out that you had to send it to general counsel for the Department of State in order for it to be reviewed. And it's being reviewed now. Yeah. And it's and the whole concept is the elections are over on today. There is going to be the swearing in of the new um, the new uh, appointees for the school board. And that right there, therein is an issue. I understood. I understand politics to the point now where you want to wait until after the election. But right now you have things that are being affirmed with a person who not I'm not claiming that they did this. They put this out in the news on a Friday after an election that they knew was had false dealings with before the election date. And I'm not even going to say who was running her campaign, but she's the one who said, and it was someone very close to her. These mm -hmm. types of things ought not be done. And if they are, there should be a very feasible, easy, plausible way of handling it. And that is something I found. We just, we have to create those things. And all of this in a state that is regarded by most as being one of the most uh, fluid and most uh, dependable of systems. Yes. And I'm grateful that we, in so many areas, have that together mm -hmm. where you look at the stuff that's going on right now in Arizona. Yes. Arizona's a mess. Right. And right. Uh, but Arizona I, they probably look good compared to New York. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, California. Uh you know <laughs> it, it's enough to make me pull the remainder hair that I have out of my head <laughs> which I don't have a lot of room here for that folks. So. I got one for you on that. You ready? <laughs> it's like when you said that one you made me remember this simple principle that God said. He said, okay, don't judge yourselves amongst yourselves. It yeah. isn't wise. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, get, if you, yeah. I'll give you a little concept with that. What happened for me, I still remember, and this is just, this is this whole principle. It's just a principle that gets applied when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves and how far off we could get. I still remember when I was applying it wrong in my marriage. Uh, okay. And so what happened was this here, I was a young no buck. No one's ever done that before, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a young buck. I'm newly married to this young, beautiful girl. And she, during our first month or two, it was, you know, the whole fun, fun. Yeah. But then after that, it Honeymoon's started, over. Honeymoon's over. <laughs> You're starting to learn how to become one and all of this. And I'm thinking I'm doing a great bang up job. And she's getting madder and matter with me and yeah. matter cause I'm not operating like she was thinking. Right. But what ended up happening, I still remember I was complaining between myself and God. I'm complaining and I'm saying, I'm treating her better than any man I ever knew um, treated, uh, treated their wife and I'm doing this, right? And then I remember God interrupting my thought and he said, just because you're treating her better than any man that you know doesn't mean you're treating her right. That's right. That's right. And, and he's like, I'm the standard. Right. That's not that, that comparing yourself to yourself. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. You know, it's, it's not yeah. a wise thing to do. Yeah. And so when we come back to the, uh, uh, the states, we're in the free state of Florida. Well, we may be the best that you're looking at in the United States. We may actually be South Dakota may, may, may say maybe not, but, but I believe that, that, that mm -hmm. we are really good comparatively, but, in actuality, 
for what we're supposed to be doing. The true standard of doing what's right, doing it cause it's right, doing it right. The true standard of where we should be with our kids and, and education, the true standard, we're falling behind just like everybody else. Mm. Just because we are ahead of someone else doesn't mean we are where we should be. I agree. I think that's well said. And I think that in this day and time, I, I, people, I believe, are so tired of the, the hanky-panky that's gone yes. on in politics that they're willing to overlook, let's say, mm -hmm. some of the finer points mm -hmm. that are being uh, ignored. Right. And, and you know, uh, chief among those things would be uh, the states that are allowing drop-off ballots and, and early voting. And, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to have right accountability when you can at the last minute after an election. Now we're talking about a full week plus uh, you know, as soon uh, yes. after this, I mean, today's a week. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been one week today, and uh, we don't even yet know who the majority is in the uh, House. In the House, and the it's Senate. still <laughs> oh, it, it's still looking like mm -hmm. the Republicans might gain control of the House. Mm -hmm. But we've learned, honestly, we've learned from experience that we could not put all of our eggs in that basket. No, we couldn't. No, and, we couldn't. And so. It, it really, to me, it boils down to this. Are we ever going to have what you talked about, election integrity? Are we ever going to have that again? And my thought, I, I wonder if you would agree with this before we take a break here. I wonder if you would agree with this, that I don't think so long as we keep this system of early voting and mail-in voting the way it is right now, mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking, why can't we go back to election day? Yes. And stop all this stuff. I don't I don't mind early voting if it's in the same mm -hmm. polling places, but this whole thing about mail-in votes, yeah. I think it's fraught with I, problems. I believe it is fraught with problems. I believe actually personally I pref I I'd prefer the problems of Chad's over this any day. Yeah. I'd I'd prefer that and then cuz there's just too many different ways to cheat. Yeah. And I'll say this here as we close out. When I think about this, one of my biggest thoughts is just simply, <clears throat> do you remember, maybe it was about 20 years ago or something like that there, when the whole concept that everybody's a winner came in? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Participation. <laughs> yeah. Awards. Yeah. 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 And actually, in the end, kids that were literally beating the socks off of everybody else had one, they knocking the ball out the park. They're out running. They've been putting in the hard yeah. work. These kids got no more recognition for their effort than a kid who had done practically nothing but ate Twinkies all day. That's right. Can't you see that in our election process? Oh now? yeah, man. Yeah. We've smoothed things out to yeah. ad nauseum. Yes, we have. I mean, I think that's really where it is. Demencio Barton is my guest. We'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back again here with Demencio Barton in the studio today. You know, at the end of segment one, we're talking about how that this whole election process is suspect. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I feel like one of the fruits that's happening in our country right now is uh, heart sickness. You know, mm. I thought there's a verse in the Bible, Domencio, that says, when hope is deferred, the heart is sick. Yes, indeed. And hope is, is being deferred right now uh, by people who are in uh, the leadership positions. You know, back in 2020, we saw uh, a reason given that we had to do what we did because of the COVID pandemic. <laughs> and that was grabbed on and used and now that's not the same level of excuse that we have today, but yet some of those early things that happened in 2020 that were introduced yeah. into the whole election cycle, they're, they're still going on right now. They're still being used. 
Yes, and, they are. And we, in every area, I think Florida did clean up a whole lot. I'm hearing you say from segment one that Florida has some room to grow. Yes, we do. Yes, and we do. Uh, a needed growth. There needs to be some changes. Uh, but nationally speaking, things are a mess right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and when you mentioned that COVID, you mind if I hit that no. one time? Okay, that whole COVID thing, I thank God and I bless our governor for the stance against COVID. Because yeah. I believe that that was one of the, the, the Bible tells us that men in the latter days will be inventors of evil things. And to me, the whole concept around COVID, not just the fact that it was something made in a lab, that really would just doesn't get acknowledged publicly, but just the use of it was such an evil invention, effective, but evil invention. What I look at when I see this, I'll give you a concept. Ready? When you look at COVID, right? What the power behind COVID wasn't COVID. The power behind COVID all stemmed from one word that was used to beat everybody into submission. It was science. Mm -hmm. That word science. (laughs) That's right. Was the word that was used to beat us down. And we were told to trust the science. We were told to trust the science. But you know, what's an interesting point concerning that there is nothing new under the sun. Uh, An apostle named Paul once warned a young man named Timothy that Avoid vain babblings, all these different accusation type deals and all this argument. He said, and also avoid this whole thing of being called science. Because he said people will start to use science falsely. And he warned Timothy about a false use of science. People Hmm. saying that I studied this, I have knowledge. And then the masses, because they do not understand what science is. They do not understand scientific process. They do not, they weren't taught it. I'm also not just a pastor. I'm a thermodynamicist and I'm a chemical engineer. I was taught scientific method. I knew from the moment I heard what they were saying, that it was bogus, that this did not follow scientific process. But the whole thing about it is they have been using science, the concept of of it to destroy and to silence our voices so that only their voice is heard for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, It brings to mind like the Stokes monkey trial. Mm-hmm. The Stokes monkey trial, when that came up, that was the battle of battles last century concerning shutting up the believers and faith people who believe in God almighty and that his and his way of creation, it was to shut us down and to say that man had finally come to the point that when man studied something out, it must be the truth. Right. I remember, Domencio, on that in 60, it would have been 64 Mm -hmm. or 65, somewhere in there. I was a student in elementary school in Mm -hmm. Indiana, and we had a science teacher who was working with all of us and uh, teaching us, and he was a a really fun guy. One day, he seemed really troubled, and I'm I'm watching him as a young guy now, observing a change in the demeanor of this guy. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if it was going to come out in the the lesson that day, what might be bothering him Mm -hmm. because he seemed like he was now again, I I was a young person, quite naive, I'm sure, but you know what? It did come out. Mm. And, and the struggle that he was facing that day was he goes and and he just said, class, I'm going to level with you. He said, what I'm being told, this is 1965-ish. I'm being told to teach you today about evolution, Mm -hmm. something that is a theory, Mm -hmm. but I have been asked by the the uppity-ups, and he didn't describe all who those people were, to teach it as fact. Yeah. And, you know, so here you had an honest school teacher Mm -hmm. in the mid sixties for crying out loud. Yes. Teaching uh, from a standpoint of hesitation Mm -hmm. because things are south of where they need to be. Things are not on the mark at all. Yes. This is, this has been, and there are so many little facets to this here, but when we're talking about this, 
we have had a short term on talking about the people for God, the people who are who are on the quote unquote right side and conservative side and, and all this. We have had two short term of a plan on how to correct the error of our society. Mm-hmm. And our those who oppose us have had too long term of a plan. And if you have somebody with a good long term game plan yeah. and somebody with a not the greatest, Flown but a together short, from the hip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, shooting from the hip the whole time. Yeah, right. That person with that that long range yeah. is going to win the day. And that's what we've been dealing with. And even when we said this whole thing about science, evolution, we were told to follow the science. Right. Gender now, which just being born should tell you that this is a lie. Well, they've thrown the whole science thing right out the window. But they still call it science. And they still tell us that this is the way I'm yeah. born. This yeah. is natural. And the truth is, you cannot get to their results without having unnatural It's help. so true. You must have chemicals. You must have um, biological aids. You must have multiple things in order for you to get to their results. And the thing about it is we've been told these things, but you remember the whole thing about the different mountains of society. These are different gates that where people actually gain their, uh, their cultural outlook. They gain their societal stances. We have lost in each and every one, mm-hmm. even down to the church itself. You, uh, my wife was just telling me this morning that there was some event over in Israel where uh, a gathering of um, uh, multi-beliefs came to agree on what they're going to believe in. And, and like, that, that doesn't work. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, McFly. It doesn't work. I mean, this is crazy, but yet we have people, I, I'm reminded of another Bible verse, ever, mm-hmm. ever gaining in, in knowledge, but Never coming living, to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. Never coming to that and living as fools. I mean, that's really a, a sad thing. I mean, we have come to the point where we we think that we're wise and we're not wise. Yes, and that we become fools. Yeah. And right now, when it comes down to it, the one thing that I do believe, and I'm going to go back to something that people may or may not have caught. When we first were electing President Trump back in 2016, Mm-hmm. He was supposed to do what with the swamp? Yeah, in the swamp, kill the swamp, okay. drain the swamp. Drain the swamp yeah. was the time. Was yeah. the, was the statement? Now, drain the swamp. We should have prayed. Remember, we need to we need to pray some specific prayers. We should have prayed, drain and clean out and get rid of the monsters. Because what ended up happening is. It really did drain the swamp. We're still seeing a draining of the swamp because we're starting to see all of the evil that was hidden underneath the murkiness. Mm. All of the evil that was there, we're starting to see it. And it just it hasn't stopped with the draining process. It's we're still seeing it, but now the cleaning process must ensue. We must engage so that we do not lose this what God has given us. I know a lot of people like they look and it's like, well. Excuse me, I'm not a life raft Christian. I'm not, you know, I'm not just waiting. Okay, I believe in when it's time for us to be called up. Yeah. But I don't believe in abdicating my role here on earth, waiting for the lifeboat, the life raft of being called up. Yeah. You understand me? Yeah. And so, and too many people at times, they just say, well, you know what? It's going to hell in a handbasket anyway. Let them go to hell. That's not God. Tell me, when did Christ tell us to ever operate like that? Even when we get down to the, even when you get down to revelations and you go through it, souls are still being saved. People are still living and we were never supposed to just walk away and let them go to hell. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to still engage, supposed to still be a good witness, a light wherever we are. Man, you're doing some preaching here, Domencio. Mm-hmm. Domencio Barton is my guest. Oh, my goodness, this is so true. And we need to do that. But people, I believe, again, are hopeless. And mm-hmm. there is a sense of that. And I just recently had a chance to study and speak from Psalm 130. Mm-hmm. And okay. one of the great things that 
that psalm brings out are a couple of points that we need to hear from the psalmist. We don't know who that psalmist was. He's not identified. But what he talks about was, I will wait for you uh, and your word. I will hope mm. in your word. Now, the word of God is is uh, much better than any science ever yes. was. Yes. I mean, yes. let's face it, the word of God, if, if especially for those that are listening to us today who are believers, we know that the word of God is the greatest reason we have for hope. Mm-hmm. And that word of God has been there through some of the most evil of societies, yes. and yet it has still come out strong. It's lasted. We're not going to see God be outworked no. or worn out by all of these people who are doing these things. That is a great cause for hope. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I do. I mean, you reminded me right then. And I started thinking, I think it's Psalms chapter two, the Lord laughs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yeah. la- he laughs. Now he also encourages them to change and turn. Yeah. But he's, God is not in derision. God is not twiddling his fingers and, and rolling his thumbs saying, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, who's going to help me? That is not our God. Our God is strong and mighty in power. Our God will help us. We listen, there is nothing impossible. Uh, I better say this. So I make sure that I don't, I, I've said this here clearly. It's not too late. It's not too late. It is not yeah. too late. You know, and I believe uh, from the times my friend Dave Zanotti, who's on my program mm-hmm. regularly, uh, he talks about this very thing. And, and you know, that is one of the things that I think is so easy to do, that people can give up prematurely, mm-hmm. give up prematurely on, uh, on even the Lord. I mean, let's yes. start there. Please, let's realize that God is still God. He is in control. And he may be allowing some things to happen that people don't like, and that is uh, sometimes our own judgment uh, uh, that we've brought upon ourselves. It isn't that he is inflicting pain, you know, just because he's not, he doesn't have mercy. The opposite is true. He is a God of mercy. So let's don't give up on that, no. number two. But number two, let's don't give up on the fact that our country still has some avenues that we can employ. Yes. And yes. we've got to stay in the game and not give up on this and just say, well, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to dig my head. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to try to make any change. That's just the wrong response. That is 100% the wrong response. It's like, you know, it's like just because, and, and I, I taught on this on Sunday. I'm just going to give you a little tip. It's like, don't let discouragement take your heart. Don't let disappointment cause you to quit. Right. And listen here. One thing that, that, that that's a truth, and this is a true saying, quit happens long before stop occurs. Wow. I like that. <laughs> quit happens before stop occurs. That's long right. Before. Long before. See, think about it. If you're in a truck, you can mash the brake. You're quitting, but stopping of the vehicle happens eventually over time yeah you can start to hit the brakes because of how you're feeling on life yeah in life and stop hasn't happened yet we must and that has happened to us in our society people hit the brakes on being involved in education they hit the brakes on being involved at the at the um governance of our nation and they actually people hit the brakes on going to church they hit the brakes you you know that whole thing it's oh, like yeah. a person used to sit in the front then they go to the middle then they go to the back and they're next to the door and the next thing you know they're in the car and they're gone and it's like they were they had already started to quit long before they stopped that's really good man they Go ahead. I know I started to say that that's the same thing happened with COVID. I mean, people stayed at home. I think a lot of people, I know that would be true for us, those that were trying to be good citizens, I think. But history is proving that along with the effort to try to be a good citizen, Mm -hmm. we laid down way too completely. And now many people who have been watching now for two years plus, uh, watching their church services streamed online, mm-hmm. they really need to be back in that church building. Need to get up. Okay, okay. This is this is a pastor thought here. Okay, okay. I, I they, love it. We've they, got like a, a two minutes left. Okay, here. it's going to be a short one. Then get up and get back involved. Get up. No, God created you 
to get a work done that only he can do through you. Yeah. Every your neighbor isn't the one call, no they aren't. No, you are you're the one called to do that thing and it is it has eternal significance. Watch this. If only one life is changed. You remember the scripture how it says yeah. one man plant, one man water, God gives the increase. When God gives the increase. Don't discount if you're the one watering. Don't discount if you're the one planting. God's the one who gives the increase. If you hold back from your part, it's you can actually grieve or frustrate a plan of God to change the lives of individuals, to change your society, and to change your world. Your answers are actually inside of what you choose to follow and do from God and choose not to. Because the scripture says, out of the heart flows the issues of life. Man, and if the good. enemy can get you, actually, there's another. When you look at the heart, the heart, the heart is the seat of your courage. Yeah. If you allow yourself be de- to be de- uh, discouraged or allow yourself to be disappointed and you lose heart, you lose courage and you won't go forward and get all that God has for you. Give us your website, how people can get in touch with you. Okay, www.waoministries.org. So www.waoministries.org. W-A-O, we are one. We are one ministries, that's the name. Boy, I've enjoyed having you here today. And the same. And all right, till next time, my friend, Demencio Barton, my guest today. And friends, we'll be back in a moment with Crystal Parker from the Christian Chamber of Commerce coming up in a moment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407 407- 965-4166 now or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again for segment three, and with me on the line, one of my favorite people in Central Florida, Crystal Parker. Welcome back, Crystal. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. You know, I find myself talking about the chamber, the Christian chamber, so regularly as I'm interviewing guests. And of course, if they're local to Orlando, a lot of them have already either been to one of the meetings or they're a member and they're at all the meetings. And uh, that has been the case lately. The latter of the two people are a part. Not only are they a part, they're fans of you. They are fans, obviously, of just what happens in these meetings. Uh, It's a big deal. So thank you for your vision. Uh, We've talked several times with uh, guests uh, recently that were a part of the expo. And that's something Mm -hmm. I'd like to just touch base on uh, with you. I know that you were on Mark's program this past Saturday on uh, The Shepherd at Work, which Mark Goldstein hosts, and you were his guest. And I got to hear some of those responses that you gave. And I I thought it would be great if you could to kind of go through what some of the takeaways and then some of the encounters uh, that you uh, encounter from the surveys. Can you do that? Oh, you bet. Yes. I I really enjoy just letting your audience hear it from the people that were in attendance, you know, because I could talk about it all day. But when you can just hear some of these neat responses, um, some of the things, one of the things that we asked in the survey was, what was the takeaway? What was your number one takeaway from the event? And this is all anonymous. We had over 51 uh, people respond to the survey. And so that's a pretty good subset. We had about 375 in attendance. Um, So, so many of these ones were just awesome. 
uh, let's see, somebody said, I made some great connections and have a follow-up plan with my marketing admin. God is good, and there are many kingdom businesses out there. As we, as Christians, we are a force for good. United, we accomplish more for the kingdom. Here's the one that said, don't, um, hearing people talk about their faith in business and how many had a dream of starting their business and guiding their success. Um, somebody went on to say, community, community, community. Mm -hmm. They just really loved being there with other believers. Uh, someone said, so many great takeaways from this incredible event. Why must I choose one? I took away amazing relationships leaving this event. Also, I believe God really does want us to be successful. When we are successful, we add to God's economy and he receives all the glory. Now, on that point, I got to jump in and say that is such a wonderful discernment to have that the Lord should receive the glory. I think that's the big missing value with a lot of people uh, who are in business, who are not believers. They, they do not, and they just obviously could not understand the benefit that comes to a, a person, an individual, or their business when they make the goal first, the primary goal of what they're doing is to have the kingdom of God be represented in everything they do or in everything mm. they sell or in all of their contacts. Imagine what that does to a person who's discovering that after coming to know the Lord. What a difference in mindset it brings to our business, right? Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I just giggled thinking about that as someone coming to the Lord and kind of experiencing this for the first time. Uh, you know, I've shared my story before, but I was a corporate person in corporate America. And I think, I think even Christians sometimes without that constant reminder of being in a community of people that, that are living this out and walking the talk, you tend to have those mountaintop moments where we don't necessarily cleave to God like we should when everything's going good and we're on the mountaintop. And uh, that's when we really should be just shouting his praise and giving him the glory. Always. We should always do that. Even the rocks cry out. But I just love what you said, because if somebody's coming in and they maybe are not walking in alignment with God or in abiding grace with the Lord always, it is so easy to fall into the trap of thinking that your success is of your doing and not really seeking and asking and thanking God and asking for guidance and how you should handle that success. And so I think that's something that's missed in business a lot today. You know, you've um, done this growing, you've done the addition of uh, taking the chamber from being a Central Florida-only kind of Christian chamber to this now, what is a model and a concept that can be replicated in other cities through the U.S. Christian chamber, uh, it's got to be encouraging to you to see that so many people came to this expo uh, that uh, that was their first real uh, experience with Central Florida Christian Chamber was coming to this thing, and I'm blown away by how many people were there in that expo uh, hall every day, and that's where I was sitting. That's where I got mm -hmm. to do so many interviews. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we had to do that. But just to be a part and to be in there and feel that kind of a buzz that was going on with people, there were smiles everywhere you look. There were people smiling. It, they, they were having a blast, weren't they? <laughs> the joy of the Lord. Well, you say, this is so interesting. I think you'll enjoy this story. Um, you know, I just kept hearing as we were marketing for this, it was a national event. So we were marketing nationally. And one of the people that ended up coming and volunteering for the expo, and she's now a member, um, she heard about the event from her mother's fiance in New Jersey. He lives there. He called her and he said, you know, they're doing this event in Orlando. She said, no way. And so she got in touch with us and now she's a member and, and well-connected in the Christian chamber. Uh, another situation that happened that was kind of just a, a neat story was 
Tom Stansberry, who is now on the board for the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, he lives in Jacksonville, and he called one of his friends who lives in Ohio and said, you've got to get there for this event. And so literally days before the event, Craig followed suit, prayed about it, followed suit, came to the event. Craig had an incredible time. He sat in on a special breakout session that I did. I did a special breakout session called Creating Kingdom Commerce Around the Nation for people interested in starting a Christian chamber or for people that have a Christian chamber. We had 21 people in this event that was not even really marketed. It was kind of a last minute, just me being obedient to God for what I felt like I was hearing in my spirit. So Craig sits in on this round table. He goes back to Ohio. He does not have a relationship with Ohio Christian Chamber of Commerce. And it's an organization that had started and really kind of deteriorated into nothing for the last probably 15 to 20 years. He he gets the phone number from the woman that initially registered the business and started it, calls her up out of the blue. She takes the call. And she's blown away. She goes, you know, who are you? She's never met Craig. And he just felt so passionate. He said, I need you to know Crystal Parker. What are you doing with your Christian chamber? She's like, it kind of died. God gave me the vision. Timing was wrong. So long story short, I connected with her yesterday, Mike. Oh my goodness. And she has this, she's always had the passion. She had the vision early. Nobody had the vision with her. And she had some situations happen in life, and she is just so excited that God didn't give up on her to lead a Christian chamber in Ohio. And so it's just neat little stories like that of how, you know, God is moving in his people. He's rising up leaders um, from all over to be a part of this movement through the marketplace and Billy Graham said it, you've heard me say it too, is the next greatest movement of God is coming through believers in the marketplace and who better to be sort of a neutral convener of businesses and organizations and nonprofits than a Christian chamber of commerce. And I believe that there'll be one in every major city across the U.S. and if not more. Now, I know, I know we, we weren't the only Christian chamber out there uh, prior, but there's something dynamic about the model that you've brought that I think is even gaining the attention of those that were already maybe part of some group, a local group or whatever, of Christian businesses that uh, were meeting. Uh, there's something really dynamic about this model that you're doing that is catching attention, Right. Well, okay, so let's take it right back to the very beginning of our call. And it really is what God's done. Uh, I wish I could take credit for it. I really do, but I'm just not that smart. And I remember coming into the Christian chamber at the time, and it was right before COVID. And, you know, there were some challenges with the model that was in place. And it was it was a wide enough landscape that I really had to sit with it and just go like, if we're not exactly a chamber of commerce, we're different, then what is the identity? And and I really had some a lot of prayer time and a lot of time with the Lord of just trying to understand what did he want with his Christian chambers? Christian chamber model is model that's been broken. And that's why we've seen so many Christian chambers kind of putter out, um, not grow and really not serve with excellence that I believe that God wants to to use through that Christian chamber. And having, I think, too, an abundance mindset instead of scarcity thinking within the framework of the chamber. It's okay to do business together. It's okay to be excellent. It's okay to make money. It's God's money anyway. Right. And so having those conversations with a core-based value alignment with the Bible, not the world, the Bible, and really staying firm on that foundation the Lord is really the one that kind of helped me to see who he, what his heart is for these Christian chambers, how we can have citywide transformative. Um, we can, we can transform cities. We can be transformational in cities and then how that plays into the nation and how we put God back at the center of this country. 
And we do it through the marketplace. Yeah, that concept of being a minister in the marketplace, a marketplace minister is something that I don't think a lot of people had ever really heard that term before, but boy, it's become front and center for me as I've talked to people. And uh, there is nothing more, I believe, fulfilling than to see people realize that though I'm a plumber or I might be an Mm -hmm. air conditioning person or I might have a legal firm, I can serve God to the glory of God and be doing exactly what he wants me to do Mm -hmm. to reach other people in the, in the world for the kingdom of God. And th- when they have that as a mindset, look out because wonderful things can happen. Wow. Well, I don't know how much time we have, but only I about a minute more. You, I'm going to give you the headline to the article I wrote Monday, and I'll let it just kind of sit with you. The headline was, Will Your Great Grandkids Know Christ? Christians could make up less than half of the U.S. population within a few decades, and we need your help. The studies are alarming towards what's happening in our nation mm-hmm. to become a godless nation. And I'm going to do everything in my power to bend the curve in any little way I can. Well, I think you're doing a wonderful job, Crystal. And I'm so thankful. I know that Thursday, it's one of those uh, meetings that people can come to. Give us the details. Sure. It's our annual meeting. And so we're going to give you a glimpse under the hood of the Christian Chamber, the health of the organization and what our vision for the future is locally and nationally. And that's going to be at First Baptist on the 17th. And uh, what, 1130, doors open, and people can come. What do they need to do to sign up? They can go to cfchristianchamber.com. That's CF like Central Florida, cfchristianchamber.com. You'll just click on the events tab. Find the event, register, and we'll see you there. All right. Crystal Parker from the Central Florida Christian Chamber and the U.S. Christian Chamber, thank you for being with us one more time. Thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you next or seeing you on Thursday. That's right. Thursday, I'll be with you. And friends, thanks for being with us today. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd. (laughs) 